Welcome to the tales of WK Land Indonesian Horror Stories. Turn your lights off and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome to the Tales of WK Land. I am your host, Dea. Before I start, I want to remind you to please follow our social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter, at Tales of WK Land. Um, just say hi or comment or anything. That would be really cool. And if you have creepy stories, you can send them to our email, talesofwkland at gmail.com. Or simply DM us on IG or Twitter, as simple as that. So for this episode, I'm going to tell you three stories from one of my closest friends. And she has a lot of them. Um, maybe she has the most stories out of all of my friends. And she's also sensitive to um, these things. So maybe that's why she has a lot of experiences and I will try to tell as much as possible but I have to get her permission of course so enjoy my friend just called her Sabila she went to an Islamic boarding school or pesantren from middle to high school this incident happened around 2004 or 2005 when she was in middle school or 8th grade. I would say that this is not her experience per se, more like what she witnessed during her time there. So aside from the boarding school, there was also a regular school that the people in the neighborhood could go to. At one point, people noticed that the students from the regular school didn't come to study almost for a week. One of the students outside from the boarding school said that recently there was a rumor in their village about the search for sacrifices or in Bahasa Indonesia, Tumba. So the parents wouldn't allow them to go to school. These students' houses were pretty far from school, around 8 to 10 kilometers, and they had extracurricular activities, which means that they would go home from school during the afternoon and arrive home at dusk or night. So the parents asked their kids to stay at home and also recite the Quran at home. The school had also tried to give understanding to their parents Several students started coming back to school, but not so many. Why were they so afraid? They claimed that they had seen flying coffin or flying casket or lampor. You know, when a lampor or the flying coffin comes to one's residence, the myth says that something bad is going to happen to that person. It could be bad luck, sickness, or even death. In this case, Lampor existed in the village because someone was probably practicing black magic and they needed sacrifices. A person actually died, presumably because their house was visited by Lampor beforehand. The village made a night watch schedule to ensure that the residents were safe. So the people there believed that keeping their families at home and taking turns by reciting the Quran could get rid of it. In this village, myths or things related to supernatural until this very moment are still very much believed. I have to comment on this story. Um, the first one is about Lampor. There's a lot of stories about this one actually. Um, it goes 
way way back around 1960s or maybe even longer than that maybe i will try to elaborate this lampor phenomenon on our instagram be sure to follow the second one is about the location of the village my friend wouldn't disclose the location of the village but she did mention about gantarawang forest i assume that the village is located near the forest when i looked the gantarang forest up um, on google what comes up is pretty interesting it is believed to be a place of invincible kingdom so a lot of people will get lost uh, once they enter the forest i will also try to explain briefly um, on our social media This one happened when she and I ate in a restaurant at a mall in South Jakarta around 2014. It was rush hour so there were a lot of people eating in the restaurant and I still remember that we were eating churros. We sat across each other, uh, I was facing the wall, she was facing the other way. Suddenly she asked me, uh, Dea, the person sitting behind you, is she sitting by herself? I slowly turned my head and I saw a pretty young woman sitting alone. She was busy with her phone. And I said, yes, she is. Um, there's a guy in front of her looking at her in awe, you know, like this. She gestured by putting both of her hands on her cheeks. Hearing this, I kind of freaked out, but strangely a little bit excited. Um, and I said, what? And I double checked by turning around once again, slowly, of course. Still, no one was sitting in front of the young woman. When I asked her again about this story, she said that the man looked normal. Like a person, not pale, wearing clean shirts, a proper gentleman. But she found it strange why this woman was busy with her phone, you know, ignoring ignoring him, when clearly he was looking straight at her. That's why she asked me to turn around. The thing about, you know, when you're going out with your friend who is sensitive to these things you're kind of on alert i also remember one time we were watching the conjuring the first conjuring the scariest one and we were sitting there were three of us uh, me and sabila and my other friend um we were sitting in the middle row and i noticed that the rows the that were closer to the screen, you know, the the ones below us were empty and she pointed at one direction and she asked me, um, hey, do you see someone sitting there? And I said, no, there, there's no one there. But I, I know that she is seeing something and so i proceed i proceeded to ask um what does she look like like long hair white shirt um and, I, and i'm like okay just please stop there because we are about to watch a horror movie and i i don't want to be freaked out more than i already am so i asked her to just tell me later when we finish um seeing the movie and you know but it's it's kind of not fun but it's kind of exciting interesting uh, i would say when i'm going out with a someone who's sensitive 
I also have a friend who would immediately go silent um, whenever she sees something and just like completely silent and she won't look up she won't she always looks down as if she's ignoring something so and I when I see her like that and I understand that okay there's something here I'm just going to ask her later when we're not here it was morning usually students in Indonesia are obliged to attend Monday ceremony or in Bahasa Indonesia upacara Senin but in Sabila's school the ceremony is also held on Thursday she told me that she is 80% sure that this happened on Thursday because she was wearing batik that day. During the ceremony, she was having a bad mood and she had also tons of laundry to do later on. She was just dumbfounded thinking about the laundry and the amount of clothes that she had to iron. They were piling up in the dormitory. Top it off, there was a drought where there was very little water for washing and bathing. So during the ceremony, she was standing under the Nedam trees or Melinjo trees, which is about four or five lined up in the school field. There were also one guava tree, starfruit trees, and chocolate trees. Basically, her school had a lot of trees. During the ceremony, where it was the welcome or reading part, or when they were singing the national anthem, she wasn't really sure. From far away, she started to hear the sound of gamelan. Gradually, the sound got closer. Then she looked to the right, and there was nothing. By the way, during the ceremony, she was standing in the middle, but more to the back area. So there were a lot of other students on the right and left. But the sound of gamelan, like the one you would hear at a traditional Sundanese wedding, was getting louder and louder until finally she saw a bride and her convoy, complete with dancers and traditional music players, passing in front of the people, but no one seemed to notice, until the bride looked at her, smiling, and kept walking straight until she reached the flagpole. By the way, there was a tree said to be haunted. It had been cut down but the remaining stems were roughly the size that a grown man could sit on. It was located not far from the black pool. The accompaniment of the bride and groom stood like they were on the aisle, right in front of students who were in line for the ceremony. She felt that the atmosphere was strange. It was so cold, it was like the sky had turned gray. Until finally, she saw so many balls of light and she fainted. By the way, before she fainted, she asked her friend, her name was Vina, not her real name. She was in the back row because she was often got possessed or fainting. She was from other class. So she asked her with Sundanese accent, Finn, do you hear voices? She asked this while holding back the sudden heavy head while holding Vina's shoulder. Vina was shocked and asked, you hear that too? to Sabila. After that, she lost consciousness. When she woke up, she was in the counseling guidance room, lying side by side on the floor with Vina. There were two people there, 
One was Sabila's friend, the other was Venus. When she woke up, she was still in shock about what she had seen. She was escorted to class after feeling much better. She continued to join the class. During recess, she was told by a friend that Vina had been in a trance for quite a while, so it was, it was like she was conscious and lost consciousness several times. A few days later, Vina did not go to school because she was sick. Then one day, Sabila met Vina when passing through Vina's class and she asked, At that time, you saw the bride in room too, right? She nodded with a smile. She didn't want to know more, so she never asked again. Until now, if there was a reunion, she remembers this incident like it was something that was hard to believe, but it really happened.